What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to God, Goals, and Girl Talk, where we discuss living in the culture while living for the kingdom. Join in as we discuss how God's word applies to our lives in relationships, careers, and fulfilling our purpose. Girl, let's talk. Here's your host, Sharla Walker. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. This week, I'm so excited because joining me today is Mr. Andre Walker, a.k.a. Husband, <laughs> um, is here to talk about the five lessons that marriage has taught us. And so I know that there is a lot of people desiring to be married. And so I just wanted to bring him on so we can discuss some lessons that we wish somebody would have taught us before we got married. Um, there are just so many different representations in the world of what marriage should be, could be, what your mom and them told them, entanglements, all those things. Um, and so a lot of times the information that we get from the world, it's just a very false idea of what marriage is and the design that God has for married people. So welcome to our show, my show. Hi. Hello, how are you? <laughs> Good night with you. <laughs> Thank you for coming on my show today. You're very welcome. I'm glad to be here today. You are? Yes. Okay. All right. So before we get started, let's just talk about like, how do you think um, our idea of marriage or your idea of marriage and love changed like versus like BC, like before Christ us, like what the world told us versus what we know now? You can answer and I'll answer. Well, for me, it was just really how I was raised and what I saw as I was growing older. I didn't really understand it. You know, I thought people just fall in love and, you know, everything's always happy and good all the time. And, you know, it's almost like it's the ultimate goal that everybody wants to get to. But to be honestly, I had no idea what it was really about. Right. 
So for the most part, it was just, you know, the typical what you see on the movies or the TV, you know, what I basically just saw, you know, growing up, I wasn't raised in a household where my parents were really close. So, you know, I really can't recall any of that, especially in my teenage years. Yeah. But um, it's definitely a lot different from what I have learned now and what I know now through uh, building my spirituality and getting to know Jesus and just, you know, really what the co- the cornerstone of uh, marriage is about. So what did you feel like marriage was about before you learned what it really was about? Like you just were like, oh, we just get married, I pay some bills. <laughs> well, no, I just thought it was just all, you know, smiles and laughs and you know happy times I never really thought about you know two people truly truly getting to know each other you know once they've been around each other for years going on in yeah and um just really also another important part is when we think about marriage we just think about you know the two of us Right. When it's really a lot more than that because, you know, I come from my own family and she comes from her own family. And so all that has to blend in some type of way. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely never, you know, really thought about that. I just, you know, thought it was about me and, you know, what I thought was glamorous or fun or exciting. and I was exciting? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just thought that, you know, we would take trips and we would just live this fabulous lifestyle (laughs) and, you know, we would just always be happy and we would, you know, have two or three kids. Two or three? Like, we wouldn't have any (laughs) shortcomings. Two or three? Yeah. Sir, you tripping. Yeah, I would definitely say I feel like the older I get, the more that I realize that a lot of the movies that were people like where they get married and they're like, oh, they live happily ever after. It always ends after they get married because don't nobody really need to see what happens. <laughs> uh, because it just be a mess. Um, because there really are struggles. And like I do think that TV and social media and a lot of different places, they make it seem like it's all like glitz and glam all the time. But... We've definitely been through some things like with your grandmother passing away and then my dad getting into the accident and then my grandma passing away. Like there's nothing that in the culture that would have prepared us to be able to deal with that just together, um, to be able to support each other. You support me. Then I got sick after that. You remember that? Mm-hmm. And then your mom came down and took care of me. <laughs> like there, there was just a lot of bumps in the road that we've had to deal with picking up moving across the country away from our family but I definitely don't think that the idea of what marriage was then I like that you say it's a blending of like two lives so it's not just two people it's the blending of two lives so you know I have a big family you have a small family having to figure out holidays and we don't want this person to be upset and that person to be upset and just trying to navigate those different things that you don't talk about really um, in culture or on TV, what do you think our biggest lesson, um, just as, as far as 
your role because I don't even really feel like I understood what a wife was um I don't know if you really feel like you understood what a husband was can you just kind of talk about that a little bit um yeah I definitely didn't understand what my role was I didn't grow up um seeing a positive father figure interact with um the wife with my mom. Yeah, so your parents got yeah, my parents ended up getting a divorce when I was entering high school, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe late junior high. Mm-hmm. But um I hadn't seen that, you know, I didn't grow up with that lens on that insight on how that's done. But I really think that um just over time what I really learned is just the amount of Grace and patience. It's almost like when you all first meet, it's like everything's beautiful. Everything's beautiful, but it's you're trying so hard not to offend, or you know, you're just really trying hard to impress and be very, you know, understanding and easygoing. And over time, that kind of wears off. Right. How come we can't keep that same energy, though? That's the thing, because, you know, over time, sometimes things happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can become offended. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. offense can grow and get bigger if if you don't deal with it or if you Mm -hmm. don't have even the confidence to be able to sit down and have a positive conversation where both sides can basically just feel comfortable saying how they feel and not knowing that it's not coming from a place of offense. I'm just trying to be honest and transparent because I know you care about how I feel and, you know, vice versa. So Mm -hmm. it's really just that, you know, trying to understand and slow things down to where, you know, that's why I'm talking to you about this. That's why I'm telling you about, you know, my feelings being hurt or, you know, why you may have did this or said this because you know I want you to know I don't I know it's important that you don't want me to walk around with my feelings hurt right and so for the most part I would say you know that's something that I really understand and try to get better at each and every day yeah I agree and I I think too that when we look at the Bible and we talk about what love is I think a lot of times people think that love is like this emotion or this feeling of like, oh, like, I get butterflies, this or that, but really, I feel like something that we've definitely grown to to understand is that love is an action, and love is a choice. It's a decision to get up every day, put your best foot forward um, in a relationship, and for people, and then looking at the Bible, um, it talks about, in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, um, it kind of gives a, a clear definition of what love is. And I think that in culture, we look at love um, and it's like all this glitz and glam. But honestly, it is choosing to love another person at their lowest point. It's choosing to love somebody when they don't deserve it. Like um, we talk all the time, like how many times have we like cut up, but God still loves us anyway. And so it's just that choice um, that he like supplies love freely. And how can I then with this person that he gave me 
not love freely. So 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 says that love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps um, it keeps no record of wrongdoing. Like it like these are all these different things that love is. And um, I think it was a marriage retreat or a class that we did where they talked about inserting your name where love is. And if, if I can't say Charlotte is patient, Charlotte is kind, then I know what I need to work on or what I did not do well in that situation. Hey guys, it's your girl, Charlotte Walker, the host of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. I am here to talk to you today about starting your own podcast. If you want to start your own podcast, I'm going to share my podcasting secrets with you. I use a program called Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way for you to make a podcast. First off, it is free 99, costs you no money at all. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, and many more platforms. You can make money with your podcast, getting your coins with no minimum listenership. It is everything that you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you are wanting to do something new in 2020, you want your voice to be heard, you want to start a podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, so we are back. So we are going to talk about five lessons um, that we've learned in marriage. I feel like we have still like so much more to go and to grow in marriage, but um, I know that God has really given us some insight and information, and so I just want to kind of be able to talk about some of the lessons that we've learned, kind of share a little bit, and just be transparent with the audience about um, some like very real lessons that we learned and things that we did not know. So I'll let you go first. Okay, first. One that I want to talk about, my first point is us as men, we have to put our pride to the side and we cannot be offended when our wives give give us constructive criticism. Come on, pride to the side. I say this because, you know, a lot of times when our wives or our significant others, when they talk to us, in a level of frustration or anger, you know, us being human, a lot of times it's just very easy for us to be offended. Yeah. You know, even if, you know, their point is right, you know, the way... <laughs> Wait, hold on, pause. Even though our point is what? Right. I be right. Yes. <laughs> Y'all should see this face. <laughs> even though you all are right, the way that you may choose to display it can easily put us in a place where, you know, we feel offended Mm -hmm. and it's just very hard to receive in the heat of the moment. You know, you can come off and, you know, the first thing that we react is, oh, it's not that bad or, you know, it's not that big of a deal, you know, but, you know, men just tend to think very logically Mm -hmm. and, that can basically be our downfall when it comes to, you know, emotional situations or emotional times where, you know, our significant other is emotional and, you know, 
we really need to listen mm -hmm. and we really need to think about how we respond and the tone and just you know all of it how we come back from the constructive criticism because right. everyone wants to say that you know I can take constructive criticism but in the heat of the moment of doing it it's actually easier said than done right so I just really want to say that you know really understanding that that that's a big point that you know and that's something that should go both ways right you know I should be able to display my concerns in a way that if I feel like I don't like what I see or something isn't going the way that I think it should that you know she'll listen just as much as if that's happening with her she should be able to talk to me and convey to me you know what her concerns are right. so um, as far as that what about you are there any points that you would like to make so I would say my first lesson is kind of along the same lines of with us having effective communication um, I think a really really big rule in our house is like okay you can vent you can say your piece but by the end of the conversation um, we are solution-based so we're not gonna spend hours going around and around talking about how you made me feel whatever way like it's okay to state your piece it's okay for you to say you know that hurt my feelings or um, whatever what have you but by the end of the conversation we are looking for a solution to whatever the problem may be um, because I think that sometimes we can get people can get so busy arguing and we've had moments like that um, early in our marriage where we just fight and 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 there's no solution ever um, ever like drawn and so I think the rule that we have of like okay you said what you had to say I said what I had to say what is the solution and where do we go from here um, and I think that just honestly came with a level of maturity and us getting tired of being at each other's throats so I think that the constructive criticism is a part of that. But then also, too, um, when you give constructive criticism, coming up with a solution. So, like, for me, I know something that has really been um, kind of a point in our marriage is that I can be very busy. So between work, school, um, businesses, different other different types of, uh, you know, things, family, what have you. And you saying to me, look, like, you're too busy sometimes. And instead of me getting offended and be like, mind your business, um, me taking the time to sit down, hear you, and then make the changes in my schedule and say, okay, you know, during the weeks, if my schedule looked like this, is this cool? And then, um, you know, we have these days designated for us to spend time together. I want to um, just double back and just bring up one more. I want to just praise the Holy Spirit for, you know, my wife being solution-based. You know, that is so important because at the end of the day, you know, we may fall out or things may not go as planned, but, you know, we need to always be able to come back together mm -hmm. as a family unit, as a whole, and, you know, the only way we're going to do that is through communication. Yeah. There's a scripture in the Bible that says a house divided can't stand or will fall. It's something something like that to say. I don't really know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But no, I just wanted to say, you know, being solution based, you know, that's where you have to get to because, you know, 
in the beginning, both of you all feelings are hurt. You're upset, but what is going to turn the corner, so to speak, or get you back to feeling in a better place is you all coming together and you all feeling confident right. about, you know, the changes or the choices that you're going to make going forward and, you know, just being able to, you know, keep going ahead as one because, you know, you don't want to be two different people right. trying to achieve a goal but in different ways. Right. You know, everybody needs to be on board so right. that, you know, People can be held accountable and, you know, everybody can, you know, get what they need to get done. Right, because we all have, you know, one, like, the family should have a, a single mission. So whatever that mission is, um, that we're both working towards it. Because the devil will take any, like, if I'm going north and you're going northeast, at some point we're going to split. Uh, so it really matters um, in regards to what we're doing, how we're doing it, and making sure that we're all on one accord. There's that um, scripture in Ecclesiastes that talks about, like, two people, one alone will fall, two people back to back, and then that, that triple braided accord, and I really feel like it wasn't Amen. until we made God the middle of our marriage that we really started to see some improvement. Um, so, yeah, that's good, babe. What's your, what's your next lesson learned, even though the, your part two question or lesson um, two? My part two, I would say would be dying to myself. You better die. I know. <laughs> I know that um, you all may have heard this a lot, but you have to identify within yourself what does that look like. Yeah, and some people, for people who don't understand what dying to yourself means, because everybody may not know, because we definitely had no idea we had no idea about what dying to yourself. I was supposed to die. To be married means to die. What does that mean? Okay. Like dying to yourself. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, for me, that's just dying to my flesh. Under having to have a mindset that everything that I come up with, every idea on how to do something or what to do, isn't always the best idea. Right. And, you know, just really taking some time to take account and think about, you know, it's about putting yourself in the other person's shoes or, you know, looking and trying to look at things through their lens, you know, because you're not operating as one. You're not by yourself just making all these decisions. You know, when you're married, it's both of you all. So, you know, all the decisions that I make, you know, they have an impact on Charlotte. And, you know, just really being thoughtful of the decisions and how I make them and when I make them and just how they affect the family, you know, in general. But, right. you know, dying to myself is just, you know, things that I know aren't any good, whether that's, you know, a mindset or, you know, me eating too late or, you know, it could be a lot of different things, you know, or just me doing things that I may not necessarily want to do, but I know that they're good for me to do for my family and the goal that we're trying to achieve. Right, right. Okay. I like that. Is dying to yourself meaning not buying a fancy, schmancy V12 car, even though you really, 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 really want it? Is that a part of dying to yourself? <laughs> In reason? <laughs> no, I'm no, no, in reason. <laughs> you know, well, you know, 
our God says that, you know, Don't he you knows the desires of our heart. Okay, you better come on. So, you know, if that's what you desire and you're not worshiping it or not making it an idol and, and it's, it's a decision. And it's in God's will. And it's in God's will. Because somebody in this room be getting speeding tickets and it ain't Charlotte. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> No, that was good, babe. So I would say that. Um, okay, so along your second point, my second point would just be understand what you're getting yourself into. Like understanding the role of a wife, understanding the role of a husband, because the roles are different. And I think a lot of times that society will tell you, like, oh, like if you're a woman, you need to be independent, you need to be um you know, you need to be independent. You need to do your own thing. You need to make all the rules. Can't no man tell you what to do. But just all of these shenanigans. But I feel like God made marriage. And I feel like a big mistake that people make. And by people, I mean us. <laughs> because we definitely made this. Is that we get into a covenant, into a contract, into a relationship. Talk about how we want something. And we don't even talk to the person who made it to understand the rules, the regulations, to understand the structure and how things are supposed to work. And so then you have me, who I am a control freak. I admitted it. Don't shake your head like that. <laughs> I can be a control freak. I can um, be a perfectionist. And then we have my husband, who can be very like laissez-faire. He's very laid back. Um, he'll get things done, but it's like on his schedule when he wants to get it done. And so we have these clashes because he's supposed to be leading. And because he's so laid back, my type A++ personality will, will take over, but that's out of order. And so I think that once we really understood the roles, you understood your role, your God-given role as a husband, I understood my role as a wife um that things were a lot better not to say that it was easy because it was not easy and so i would say that if people um are looking for like guidance i think what really helped us is like we just went to the back of the bible to the concordance and looked up marriage do you remember that day that we mm -hmm. all we just sat down and we like just wrote down a bunch of scriptures but in that um, you study them and a great place to start is Ephesians 5 um, 22 through33 um, and it it very plainly lays out like for wives in 22 through 24 it says wives understand and support your husbands um, this is the message version by the way understand and support your husbands in ways that show support for Christ the husband provides leadership to his wife the same way that Christ does to his church not by domineering but by cherishing so just as the church submits to Christ, um, as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. And I feel like that word gets thrown around a lot and it sounds like a really like dirty word, like, oh my gosh, he make I have, I have to do everything he says, but he just said that, you know, when he thinks about decisions, he has to consider me, he has to consider my opinion and he takes it into account. But submitting goes three different ways. Would you agree? Like, because I submit to you, and then, well, two different ways. This is not three because there's two of us. I submit to you. You submit to God. But then when we have kids, you know, they submit to our um, 
our joint leadership as their parents. And so because I know that you're submitting to God and that we have a mission and a vision for our family, that your goal is to ensure that we are under the mission that God has aligned for us through his will with our family. And so do you remember when we were trying to buy a house and I went to go see Beyonce and I wanted to go again? Yes. <laughs> do you remember the conversation with you? And you, what did, do you remember what you asked me? Do you know what you said? No. You said, Sharla, does this line up, does spending this money again line up with the vision and the mission for our family? And I was like, ah, you got me. <laughs> yeah. He was like, you just came back from Chicago. You went with your sister to go see Beyonce. I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm just asking you, does this line up with the mission and what we're trying to do for our household? And I wanted to throw punch you, but you was right. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Is, and what would you say, like, in terms of learning how to lead, like, what your, um, what your struggles were? Well, my struggles were, first off, I had no idea about exactly or the type of level and how I was supposed to love my wife. Ooh, okay. So with that, let me finish reading the rest of the scripture because 25 through 28 is for the husbands. And it says, husbands, go all out in love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the, the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring out the best in her dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already, quote unquote, one in marriage. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds and pampers it. That's how Christ treats us, the church, since we are part of his body. And this is why a man leaves his father and mother and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery, and I don't pretend to understand it all. This, um, what is clearest to me, is the way that Christ treats the church. And this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself and loving her, and how each wife is to honor her husband. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I had no idea just, you know, how intricate. You know, God wants us to be when he talks about loving our wife. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it just made me really think about all the times and situations where I would get frustrated or I would get short-tempered. Mm -hmm. And when I sit down and think about it, you know, I'm not acting in a way or showing a level of, number one, respect, love, and patience. And those are all things that I should be displaying because those are all things that God displays with us. Mm. And so, you know, just really coming to a point where, you know, I was just done being frustrated and I just wanted to help any shape or form that I could. Right. But in order to do that, you know, you really have to listen 
and you really have to try to understand or at least grasp a level of concept of where your wife is coming from and just trying to have empathy empathy, and also you know just thinking ahead of you know things that may need to get done that you know she may or may not have time to do and really in the whole of it you know loving your wife in a way you know where you wouldn't want anything bad or not good done to myself and so why would I do any of those things to my wife You know, why would I try to manipulate or why would I lie or deceive or, you know, just not be nice when I'm supposed to be doing all the total opposite because I wouldn't want anybody to do that to me. This episode of the God, Goals, and Girl Talk podcast is brought to you by Hearts Over Habits, Inc., Hearts Over Habits is a 501c3 nonprofit organization aimed to provide mentoring and life skills to young women ages 14 to 24. Our program is designed to educate and empower young women to fulfill their God-given purpose in life. We have a community, online academy, and evidence-based mentoring to ensure that our participants are provided with the foundation necessary to succeed in today's society. If you are interested in enrolling or becoming a participant, please visit our website at www.heartsoverhabits.org. Now let's get back to the show. Check God's Resume is a personal reflection journal that challenges you to build God's resume in your life. Do you often feel like signs and wonders do not occur in your life? Are you feeling like you're in an impossible season? Sis, no, it is time for you to check God's resume. His goodness and his miracles are all over your life. He has been doing this. I had such an amazing time developing this journal and God reminded me of so many times where he has kept me. And if you are looking for a great tool to improve your posture of gratitude and just to learn more about the character of God, this journal is for you. It's available on Amazon and it makes for a great gift and it's great for a Bible group study tool too. Now, I want you to get this journal. Like I said, it is phenomenal. It's over 200 pages. There's guided study. Um, You learn about the different names and character of God and you literally go through and build his resume from his personal information all the way down to his accolades and awards just like you would build your own resume it is so cool it's so fun and God just really reminded me of all of the crazy situations that I found myself in where he had his hand on my life y'all he been out here saving us okay get the journal get in a position and a posture of gratitude i pray that it blesses you you need to get it now let's get back to the show okay guys so we are back so we have husband here today with us um and we're talking about the five lessons that we learned so we talked about um you know, not being offendable. We talked mm-hmm. about communication. We talked about being solution based, understanding our roles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what are what's your third lesson that you wish you learned? My third lesson is the promise that I made before God. 
I really want people to understand how important that is. A lot of us get married for the glitz and the glamour or for the title or even just because, you know, one of us or both of us look good or, you know, whatever the reasons may be. But I feel like the promise that we make before God is more important than all of those things. Amen. I think that's really the foundation that is going to hold the marriage together mm-hmm. and it's going to keep it from falling apart when things get rocky mm-hmm. and from when things, you know, just get difficult because as much as, you know, we try to be very intricate and who we decide to marry and they should have this and that and that and that and this, when it all falls down, you know, you love who you love, you fall in love with who you fall in love with, but what's most important is the promise that you make before God because mm-hmm. that is what is going to keep you married. Sustain you, yeah. And it's more about just the wedding. A lot of people focus on the wedding, but the marriage is, what, we eight years in, bro? Yep. Yeah. Eight, <laughs> like, nine. Eight, 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 nine. <laughs> like, so, um, and then just understanding that God is the foundation. Like, that promise and, you know, he created it, so he's going to hold us together. Um, he's going to hold us accountable. And so... Um, just doing things in a way that is pleasing to him. Yes, um, yes. That we serve each other. It's not just you getting served. We serve each other in different ways. There are things that you're really good at that I'm not good at. There's things that I'm not good at that you're... Did I say that right? <laughs> I didn't say it right. <laughs> there are things that I'm good at that you're not. And things that you're not good at. We did it again. Dang, y'all get the point. Okay, <laughs> you did it again. <laughs> we are able to support each other's strengths and weaknesses. Amen. 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 <laughs> As he is supporting me, I had a long day today. Okay, <laughs> uh, you did it again. <laughs> uh, but no, so you know, it's about us serving each other. Um, and it really is almost like a contest of like who can love each other the hardest. I think if you take that mentality of it, um, it's really it's hard to be so worried about yourself. Um, and then I feel like you know it's really important too. So like my third lesson would be um, the order. Yes, that's really good. Um, the order, the order of God. So this is how it's supposed to work, and this is this may mess some of y'all up. Um, because I was like, wait, wait, what? Um, the way that it's supposed to work in our lives is that God is first, then our marriage, then our kids, Mm -hmm. then the church, then our career. And that really goes against what we see in culture, right? Um, people are like, I don't care. My husband cutting that. My kids come first. Nope. And that's why once they get grown, sis, you get divorced because y'all spend all this energy, um, and put all this focus on on people, they don't even belong to y'all. Those are God's kids. You're just a steward over them or a manager over them for a period of time. But those are God's children. And when you when they leave, because they're gonna, when they leave, you and your husband are still gonna, you know, be in this covenant together. And so what I learned is that in doing that and me having my relationship with God being first, the overflow of love that I have um, will go to into my marriage. And then the overflow, because me and my husband both have a relationship with God, 
and we're pouring into each other, that overflow then cascades into our kids and then, then into every area of our life. But that is so countercultural because people be out here like, my kids come first. And that's why your house is a mess. That's why they're running over y'all. That's why they tell y'all what to do. And that's another thing, you know, I really want to put an emphasis on, you know, because so many of us try to make our marriages look like what culture tells us should look like. Mm -hmm. That's why so many of our marriages are unsuccessful. Mm -hmm. Because if you're looking for success in your marriage, the foundation of God is the cornerstone in that process. Right. And even within the church, like the divorce rate within the church, within people who believe in God, it, it's like a 50% divorce rate. So we're out here looking like the world our marriages aren't lasting and I think that because you know as people I think we've gotten swept up in what culture says marriage should look like and I I feel like that may really be a downfall that we're not going to the father enough and that's exactly what is it is you know going to the father reading your bible reading scriptures interpret them you know spending time with your wife and when you're alone because that is what is going to make you successful. The keys to making this a happy marriage, they are in the Bible. You know, yeah. when times and things happen and you want to get offended and, you know, you want to get upset, having that foundation, having that scripture in you is going to remind you of, you know, how to deal with that in a productive manner. You know, it's not to say that things won't happen, but when things do happen, we have to have, have, to have the proper instructions in the manual which is the bible and how to you know counteract that and how to produce a level of faith to where we can be successful and we can continue to move forward yeah that's good babe okay so what is your fourth lesson my fourth lesson for the day would be something i really thought about and that's uh keep dating my wife oh I took some time to just reflect and remember, you know, the first year or two me and Charlotte met and just how intricate and how much thought and how much emphasis I would put into, you know, appeasing her or trying to make her smile or just trying to make her laugh and being romantic. And it's just something that you're going to have to continually do to keep that spark you know Mm -hmm. you want to continue to have your wife look at you in the way that she did when you guys first got together well for you to do that you have to do those things that you were doing you can't get lazy or you can't get used to it or complacent complacent just Just because right just because you know we're married and you know we're legally binded towards each other you know you still have to produce in a way as if you know you're pursuing to get the prize even though you have it you know but you want to keep it and that's what it really is about you want to keep the prize and to be successful in doing that you have to continue to keep her feeling the way she felt when she fell in love with you Mm -hmm. okay mr walker i hear you (laughs) okay so um for me my fourth lesson and this was a hard one, was that there are no winners or losers because we're on the same team. So, oh, 
I won that argument. First of all, you didn't. <laughs> because y'all are on this. You literally, that scripture says y'all are one flesh. You yes. are fighting yourself. That is dumb. Would you punch yourself? I remember I used to have a mouth on my, on my body. I used to have a mm-hmm. mouth. <laughs> I used to have a mouth. But, but that was at a time where, you know, things would happen. One of us would get our feelings hurt. And, you know, us just being human, we feel like we have to retaliate. We feel like we have to let it be known that, oh, you offended me. And not only did you offend me, but I'm going to show you how much you offended me by, you know, me trying to offend you. (laughs) And, you know, when it gets to that point, you're just really operating in turmoil because it's counterproductive. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like one, I think I told you this, that one day... I was, I had like, oh, I had fussed you out so bad. And I was in my car and I was thinking about it. I was so mad. And God said, you need to quit talking to my son like that. And I was like, oh, that old, he he raggedy though. (laughs) Like, did you see what he did to me? And it really wasn't that. And just me having to remember that you are God's son. And if he was standing, if he was standing in the room, I would not talk to you like that. And so just knowing that I can go to the father when I have an issue or there's something going on between us, knowing that the Holy Spirit is my advocate in that sense too. And if there's something that I need to pray about, then I need to do that. But there was a proverb that I heard today tell us like um I think it's proverb in Proverbs twenty one that it's better to live on the top of a roof than to live in a house with a nagging mm-hmm. wife. Yes. And, <laughs> and, um, and it says it more than once. And I love how like the Bible repeats things. You know, It talks about us honoring our husbands a lot. And I feel like our flesh, that's something that we struggle with. Um, even if you think back to like Adam and Eve, a part of the curse was that there was going to be this, this enmity between the husband and the wife. Um, that there was going to be a struggle. So the struggles that you have in marriage, it's just a part of the curse. Um, and so you want to learn how to navigate them. Not to say that we don't have problems, but we've gotten way more strategic and we've learned that we're on the same team and we're not the problem. Like Andre is not my problem and I'm not Andre's problem. You know, there's um, spiritual warfare. There are different things that are going on and we need to address them in the appropriate manner so that we can continue to not be toxic and to have a, a household that is, um, that's a joy. Like you want to be more than happy. Um, you want to have a joyful home that when he comes home, he's happy to be home. And when I come home, I'm happy to be home because we work too hard to yes. be out here. Yes. yes. Stressed and pressed. Yes. Because the thing is, you know, life is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing that can happen is for you to be married, but also feel alone. Yeah. When life starts to happen, because, you know, that's just not. What marriage is about you know it's supposed to be two people that can come together and you know make progress make good decisions you know bounce ideas off of each other you know something that I may not see Charlotte may see something that she might not see I may see you know just being able to pour into each other and give inside and just you know talk and debate about things in a positive way to mm-hmm. work you know we're making progress Solutions. solution based mm-hmm. yes okay that's awesome okay so what is your last lesson for the people for the people 
My last lesson, and this is a hard one because this is something that I have found myself being guilty of doing and not even know that, you know, I was actually doing this. Just being slow to react and being very quick to listen mm -hmm. to what my wife is saying and how, you know, she's displaying whatever she's dealing with or whatever she's going through. Yeah, that's the word. You know, a lot of times, you know, the world can get overwhelming and just things piling up and piling up and it's just to a point where, you know, you've just had enough. But, you know, if those things aren't addressed, you know, in a sense when the husband or the wife feels like that basically they're they're drowning right. and you know they they need help you know even though in the moment you might not know exactly what that help looks like but at least having an ear and having a heart towards wanting to help it you know what can i do you know even if they don't have the answers well we, we're going to figure it out together yeah you know just being positive in that situation but you know, also with our uh, body language, you know, yeah. the way we look or the way we might roll our eyes or, you know, just make some type of facial expression, you know, that is also speaking in a certain way. And when we do that in a way that is showing that we're displeased with the way our husband or wife said something or did something, you know, that hurts as well. Right. And, you know, you just have to be a lot more careful with you know just your mindset and your body you know motions and different things like that and how you know because you could not say nothing but then you could show body language that says otherwise and it you know can hurt just as much yeah. you know so you just really have to be aware of just you know all of your surroundings and your mindset and your you know, just your heart towards your wife with whatever you're dealing with. Yeah. That's good, though. Thank you. Jesus and therapy. Um, when you think about a marriage, it's always two broken people um, coming into a marriage. And it's just really important that you guys are doing the work to overcome like past trauma and experiences. Um, so you can have the strength and the strategy to break generational curses, right? So, you know, Andre's parents, like he said, his parents were like got divorced. That's something that will not continue you know, through our bloodline, even though there have been moments, child, I was like, what did I do? Have you felt like, what did I do before? Yes. <laughs> you sip your coffee. <laughs> yes, and, you know, that's going to happen, and really, you know, I would say, you know, that's, that's the devil trying to knock you off, you know, yeah. trying to put fear or doubt you know, in your mind and you just second guessing the choices that you made, you know. Mm -hmm. The fact is you're married and there is no second guessing, you know. Right. There is no turning back or, 
you know, maybe I made a mistake or, you know, that's, Miss me, devil. that's just how, you know, important the promise that you make before God, you know, there is no turning back there. Right. It is, you know, us together to the end, no matter what, you know, as long as, you know, we have an open line of communication and we're doing a form of being solution based. Right. And I think too, like we were already doing the work we did. Um, different marriage classes we did different mm -hmm. things with our church but I will say that it turned up a level once we started therapy mm -hmm. um, just being able to deal with um, familial traumas being able to deal with um, you know like Andre his father passed away at a young age and he had to work through that um, me when my Gigi passed away me going to therapy to work you know to work through some things and so I think that you are playing yourself if you don't think you're setting yourself up for failure made <laughs> you look like, like a, a fool last night <laughs> you are playing yourself if you do not go and get professional help um there are just some things and you know gratefully you know neither one of us are dealing with things like you know sexual trauma or anything like that but um all of those like your family of origin it plays into a lot of who you are and what you're doing and we definitely were committed to doing the work um just so we can be the best version of ourselves and present the best version of ourselves within the marriage um it has challenged us um, I've yes. cried in therapy. I've gotten annoyed in therapy. <laughs> um, that you know, but we do the work, and we are really starting to see the a lot of the results. The benefits. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's it's I I really like therapy because it gives me the opportunity to have an outlet where I may be coming from a place of frustration or my emotions may be high but I'm able to display that and it not hurt my wife's feelings because mm. I'm talking to you know my therapist about it and you know they just try to get me to slow down and just you know really be solution based and you know thinking about well if you just take the emotion out of it you know what is the core of it what is it that you know you're really looking for or what is it that will really you know make you happy happy and is that reasonable yeah you know a lot of things is you know we want this we want that or we think it should be like this or it should be like that but you know is that reasonable yeah and just because one of you are it may be reasonable for one it may not be reasonable for the other one you know giving my wife a ton of homework and expecting her to get it done she's good at that so that's reasonable <laughs> that you know she could get that task done now me on the other hand you 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 do what you talking it's just it's just it's just not my forte and right. you know it's just not reasonable so you know just the expectations and really trying to give each other the chance and the opportunity to you know, make a stride to do something positive to, mm -hmm. you know, get out of the negative and get to a place where, you know, you're striving and trying to better yourself and pushing yourself because 
you know, none of us like to be uncomfortable, but you can't grow and be comfortable you, exactly, at the same time. Exactly. You know, your marriage isn't going to last. Yeah. If you can't grow. Yeah. And it's just not comfortable all the time. Yeah. It's just the way it is. And I think too, just understanding like people change. Like, and if you don't change, that's a problem. When I met Andre, I was 18 years old. I will be 30 years old next month. I am not the same human. And thank God, because at 18, I was out here knocking and bucking and ready to fight. Mm. Um, <laughs> but now, you know, I'm a completely different person. And I thank God for it. But then Andre has had to make the adjustment to um, continue to figure out who this new lady is that he's married <laughs> that you know the my preferences have changed and different things about me have changed um and then me the same with him his preferences have changed things that are important to him have changed and mm -hmm. so being able to grow together that is the um the beauty of it so and also being confident yeah being confident and knowing that you know we're going to grow together you know we're going to change but even through all that happening, we are still going to show each other a level of grace, mm -hmm. understanding, and patience, and love because that's really what it is. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's not always, you know, just how I feel about you when everything is going good. Yeah, amen. It's also, you know, when life is hitting you, you know, I'm encouraging you. Yeah. You know, I'm you know, li uh, listening to you about your frustrations and about your problems and telling you when it's going to be okay and telling you, you know, don't settle, you know, keep going, you know, like they say, get back on that horse and just keep mm -hmm. trying again, so. Well, your dad is laid up in the hospital and he says, quit your job, girl, because your dad needs you here. <laughs> and we ain't have no plan, but God did. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> like, like, it's those kinds of moments, so. We really pray that this has blessed y'all, that you have just yes. a little bit more insight. I realize now that I called it five lessons, but it was really 10 because there's two of us giving five lessons, but y'all get the point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just know that we're giving the tea on marriage, okay? Yes. Let me be, yes. let me be. Um, I appreciate you coming on to my show with me. I really appreciate your time and your energy and your effort to support me. Anytime. I'm always here to help and just always here to support you and, you know, everything that, you know, you want to do, especially when it's uh, godly based, especially. What I want to do is not godly based besides school. Don't you name school? Go see Beyonce. And, uh, okay. Okay. That's enough out of you. All right, guys, thank you again for joining us for another episode of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for joining us for another episode of God, Goals, and Girl Talk. Email your questions to godgoalsandgirltalk at gmail.com to have them answered on the show or have a topic you'd like to hear discussed. Looking for a community of women who love God and live for the kingdom? Join our community, Hearts Over Habits, on Facebook. Like us on Instagram and check out our monthly God, Goals, and Girl Talk online events on Eventbrite. Remember, above all else, guard your heart. We'll see you next week.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.